Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Essex Church, where this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians, meets each week. On Sunday mornings, together here, we create a space, a space where each of us can connect, connect with ourselves, connect with one another, connect with that which we hold to be of ultimate worth. It's good to make a time and a place where we can pause for a while and reflect. With music and silence, words and thoughts, each following our own individual version of the human life story, yet sharing the journey and the insights we're gaining. Ours is a community created by all those who walk through our doors, and we bid a special welcome to visitors who've joined us here this morning. So let's take a moment now to take a conscious breath to check how we are right now. To, to remind ourselves that it's okay to be who we are and to be how we are. For this is a place where we can be who we are and feel what we feel. In our busy city, it's helpful to know that we're not alone that we can make connections that help us remember we're part of something greater than ourselves. And today our chalice flame burns brightly reminding us of our Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist community the world over, reminding us that our lives can also shine brightly when we dare to communicate deeply and fully, accepting ourselves and one another as we are, frail yet magnificent creatures, containing such potential for life and for love. Here we can bring old hurts for healing, new hopes for holding, giving, receiving, loving and care. Let us take ourselves into a time of prayer and reflection. Let us now settle ourselves into deep silence. Become aware as you sit here now of the divine that is within each each of us. And may we open to that presence in our own way. May we take this time to acknowledge any concerns within our lives, to trust that we will receive the guidance we seek, allowing us to open in loving connection to our deepest self. May we bring to mind any moments of upliftment, joy, heart connection or excitement any experiences that have made us feel more open, loving, or connected. We ask for your grace and support in our times of need and distress. Help us to acknowledge our failings, forgive us, and bestow on us the grace to forgive others, knowing that we are all innocent and forgetful. Help us to remember the truth of who we are. 
Now, let us remember our human family, those who are suffering physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, wherever darkness prevails. The young, the old age, the sick, the poor, the lonely, all who need your support, strength, and our blessings at this time. Help us to make peace with our light and darkness. Guide and inspire us to see beyond our conditioning, to be at one with life as it is in your eternal loving presence. In the coming week, we ask and give thanks for your guidance and support in each day's endeavors. May we be kind to ourselves and others, connecting our hearts and minds. May we compassionately respond to all opportunities to be of service to our loved ones, those who cross our path, and all of humanity. Amen. Identity seems to be a bit of a a theme today, so um, these two brief Sufi stories of of our much-loved Nasruddin um, give little insights into this issue. The first story is of a discussion, and it tells of one day when a man came up to Nasruddin and they began to discuss a variety of matters, including local gossip, personal issues, their families, businesses, and major philosophy topics. And after about 20 minutes, the man said, all right, well, I must be going now. Um, Excuse me, my friend, uh, replied Nasruddin, but who are you? Do you mean to tell me that you don't know who I am? (coughs) No. Well, then why have you been talking to me for 20 minutes on all sorts of personal matters? Well, I saw your clothes, your beard and your turban, and I mistook you for someone else. Well, well, who? Who did you mistake me for? Oh, me, Nasruddin replied. (laughs) And in another conversation that he had, he was talking to a monk, and the monk said, well, I have achieved an incredible level of disattachment from myself, so much so that I only think of others and never of myself. And Nasruddin replied... Well, I have reached a much more advanced state than that. And the monk asked, how so? And Nasruddin said, well, I am so objective that I can actually look at another person as if he were me, and by doing so, I can think of myself. I like this poem so much that I put it on the order of service sheet for today. It's called The Hidden Invitation of Loneliness. When you're feeling lonely, it's not the presence of another person that you're missing, it's your own warm presence. In search of another, you've disconnected from yourself, the greatest pain of all. Turn towards the place where you stand. Reconnect with a breath. 
the morning breeze, the sound of the rain, a silent cup of tea, dancing sensations in the belly, the chest, the head. Be here. Sink into gentleness. Watch your loneliness dissolve into exquisite solitude and a fresh morning. Be alone with the miracle of life itself. You can't believe everything you hear in a song title. We heard earlier on of a place where no one stands alone. And at the end of today's service, we've got the treat for you of Harold and Margaret uh, singing that great Rodgers and Hammerstein song, You'll Never Walk Alone, off-sung by football crowds in Liverpool. (laughs) But in truth, we do both walk and stand alone for significant parts of our lives. But being alone is not necessarily the same as being lonely, but loneliness is clearly part of the human condition. And it's rare for somebody not to feel the pain of it at some time in life. And if you do know at this moment what it is to feel lonely, then you'll know just how painful it can be I think it's worth us remembering that as I'm talking today. I'm certainly very aware of that. I don't want to sound in any way glib about a really difficult subject. Several of us have read recently a book called Scarcity, and one of the authors, Eldar Shafir, writes, when you're very lonely, or when you're hungry, or when you're poor, and actually in this I would add when you're short of time, because that's my favourite sort of scarcity. When you're lonely, when you're hungry, when you're poor, when you're short of time, a large portion of the day is spent entertaining thoughts related to the source of your scarcity. When we experience a lack of anything, it's hard to find a way out of that poverty, be that financial poverty, lack of food, time or social connections. So I really hope that this address doesn't end up making any of us feel worse, but perhaps it might spark off ideas of ways forward, ways perhaps to learn from loneliness rather than feeling trapped by it. Now, loneliness has had lots of news coverage recently, as yet another study shows it as a growing problem in our society. The most recent report focused on loneliness as an emerging crisis for older men, but in truth it could affect any of us, can't it, at any age. And it probably starts when we're very young, when we first realise that we're separate from those who care for us. Susan Jeffers, in her book, Dare to Connect, describes three forms of separation that we may experience, physical, emotional, spiritual. Now, we often hear the reasons for loneliness in modern societies, don't we? Busy people moving around the country or even the world for work, People living a long way from family or old established friendships, finding it hard to put down roots, not finding it easy to get to know the neighbours. In July this year, the Office for National Statistics described Britain as the loneliness capital of Europe. That'll have helped our tourist trade, won't it? (laughs) We're 
we're apparently less likely to have strong friendships or know our neighbours than residents anywhere else in the European Union. And a relatively high proportion of us feel that we don't have people we could rely on in a crisis. We're the most socially mobile country in Europe, and that doesn't help us to feel connected with others. Now, most of us will have had the experience of feeling alone in a crowd. Just a quick journey on the tube can surely do that for us. And I, can, I don't know about you, but I can find that empowering or dispiriting, depending on my mood. But I wonder how many of us have also had the feeling of separation, even when we're with someone, actually in an intimate relationship, perhaps. That feeling of an emotional gulf between me and another a gulf that can seem at times impossible to cross. Now, we cope with loneliness in both positive and negative ways, of course. It can act as a spur to help us reach out to others, to open our minds and our hearts, or it can lead us into self-destructive behaviours. Susan Jeffers lists some of these when she writes that there are an amazing number of escape routes which we take to avoid or deny feeling lonely, I'm trying to think how many of these I've done, at least mm, three or four of them. Count them off for yourselves. Um, Workaholism, drug addiction or any other forms of addiction, a whirlwind of social activities, hasty marriages, dehumanising sexual encounters, blasting radios or televisions, living in the past, restlessness and so on. Susan Jeffers' list of the escape routes we take out of our loneliness. And in the 21st century, we might add to this our current obsession, that hideously frequent checking of the smartphone. Some recent study, I never know how they do these studies, but some study recently claimed that we pick up our phones around 220 times a day on average to check them. I'm not sure about that. if we manage to put the phone down and manage to face our aloneness I think it can be empowering at times when we can turn that pain of loneliness into an appreciation perhaps of solitude Henri Nguyen uh, describes this well I think when he writes that all human beings are alone no other person will feel completely like we do think like we do, act like we do each of us is unique he writes And our aloneness is the other side of our uniqueness. The question is whether we let our aloneness become loneliness or whether we allow it to lead us into solitude. Loneliness is painful. Solitude is peaceful. Loneliness makes us cling to others in desperation. Solitude allows us to respect others in their uniqueness and then create community. Letting our aloneness grow into solitude and not into loneliness, Nguyen writes, is a lifelong struggle. It requires conscious choices about who to be with, what to study, how to pray, when to ask for counsel. But wise choices will help us to find the solitude where our hearts can grow in love. He writes beautifully, Henri Nguyen, and if you're you're drawn to that kind of um, way of thinking about this, we've got several of his books in the library this, this piece came from a book called The Wounded Healer, which, of course, speaks of the wounds that we all carry in life. 
I think loneliness can sometimes remind us that we've actually lost a connection with something greater than ourselves, a higher power. Some might call this God, great spirit. For some, it may include a sense of reconnecting with their own higher self, rediscovering, renewing our own authentic self, a clarity that can accept and even celebrate, this is who I am. Being true to who we are is remarkably empowering at times when we might otherwise feel we're losing our way. And at these times, being too much with others can be a distraction. We need that solitude in order to reconnect both with that which we hold to be of worth and with our true selves. Loneliness can perhaps remind us to lower our expectations both of ourselves and of others Our media has a current obsession with celebrity where everyone looks perfect and blissfully happy and where fame and fortune are held out as achievable for the lucky winners of this or that other TV show. Don't we need to say to each other, and perhaps especially to the young, these are not realistic expectations. The ordinary life is just that, ordinary, and we are really all okay, just as we are. Loneliness can be a spur that, once it's recognised, can encourage us to turn our focus outside once more, away from ourselves and towards others, away from the past or the future, paying attention to that present moment instead, that only moment there truly is. Loneliness for me, and I know for some of you, can be eased by getting out into the natural world all around us, or by simply noticing through a window the trees or the birds... They're there all the time, if we can but tune our senses to them. And my final possible learning from loneliness comes from a woman I met many years ago now. I met her just after her baby had died. Through her pain, she discovered something incredibly helpful. And she was, she was glad for me to share this with others, not least because her story helped me to get through a tough time in life. She described her terrible sense of isolation that she experienced after her child's death. Her emotional pain left her feeling separated, even from her partner, who was himself suffering from this terrible loss. I think many of us know that feeling, don't we, when loss actually turns us away from others rather than towards. And then this idea came to her, the idea that she could consider herself in the company of all those who had lost a child. Then her pain was not just her own. It was the pain of multitudes of women whose babies had died through the millennia of human existence. She was no longer alone in her suffering. I wonder what groups you might consider yourselves to be in the company of others with. We are all connected, are we not, by this shared thing called life, by our own particular and yet shared experiences of life. And my hope when I look at a community like this and all the other communities that we belong to are that they're communities where people can share at a deeper level and so truly understand that we're in a place where no one needs stand alone. Amen. And so, in the week ahead, we may walk alone, 
or in the company of others. We may hold our heads up high or bow them low. We may need to lean on others or be able to offer such a support to them. Whatever our experiences in these days, let us remember that that our experiences are not ours alone, but are shared by others who tread a similar path. Let's find those who share the path and reach out to one another in simple, kindly ways and help to make this world a little easier because of our presence here on earth. Amen. Go well and blessed be.